Willie Dixon there, leading us off. This is uh, the Labor and Love Show, broadcasting live from 2781 21st Street in the heart of the Mission, El Mero Mero. 10 to 12 every Saturday morning. You can uh, pick up our podcast mutinyradio.fm forward slash podcast go down to labor and love and find it that was Willie Dixon with you can't make peace here's what happens to you in the workaday world 20 years of schooling and what do they do they put you on the day shift John is in a basement mixing up the medicine. I'm on a pavement. 
slogan bring the war home and that's what we're gonna do we gotta bring the war home we gotta get them fucking comedy rats they're all over you can't tell where they are up and down sideways inside out we gotta watch where we are we gotta watch them before they kill us can't take no chances i mean even them kids alive will grow up and be commies right if it's gotta be a bloodbath let it be a bloodbath. What I say is, kill for peace. That's the slogan. Just kill for peace. The more students we get rid of, the more peaceful everything will be.
Tuli Kupfenberg there with uh, Kill for Peace. Before that, we had uh, Willie Dixon with his uh, rather depressing song when you think about what happened yesterday in uh, Paris. It don't make sense if you can't make peace. Europe and the Ameri- and the United States have built up this dominance over the rest of the world and extracted the resources of the rest of the world to make their own world where you can snap on a light where there's always water available where medical care is available. And all around the world, that's not the case. Thus we have things like what happened uh, in France. Let's take a look at it here. Paris attacks. Alam blames Islamic State for act of war. Evidently, the Islamic State has accepted responsibility. These attacks carried out by eight gunmen and suicide bombers were organized and planned from the outside. So far, the death toll is over 140. The attacks took place in bars, concert halls, restaurants, um, close to a football stadium. And that's what the point of terrorism is, to make it so you can't continue with your quote-unquote normal way of life. It's impossible. You don't have that relaxation right you're not you're not calm anymore okay this is labor and love and uh, if i f- sound a little depressed i am it's a horrific thing that happened and uh it's still labor and love and this is uh, the 13th of november you're going to hear a mix today of of old shows and uh, new. I'm having trouble with our uh, equipment here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street. And uh, we'll just see what what happens and what uh, what comes out. Um, you know we always tell you If one person got a dollar they didn't work for, i.e. from an investment, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. On Labor and Love, we remind you that if you don't have a seat at the negotiating table, i.e. a union or some collective bargaining arrangement, you're probably on the menu. And finally, never.
but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Well, I was going to play some sad music today, but uh, let's see what we have up here. And that uh, last one was Kill for Peace by the, the Fugs under the leadership of the redoubtable Thule Kupfenberg, who uh, just died recently, a lifetime organizer. Kupfenberg. And behind that we had the Subterranean Homesick Blues. This is the systematic pushing of middle class boys, let's call it, into uh, uh, conforming, a conformist lifestyle in the 1950s, 60s, 70s. And finally, it's capped off, of course, with 20 years of schooling, and they put you on the day shift. You're a working man. You're going to work 40 years of your life. Put in time on your job to make money for someone else, and then retire. Boy, what kind of a prospect is that? This is Labor and Love, and I'm the B, a.k.a. Bill Morgan. We broadcast live every Saturday morning from 10 to 12. And thereafter, we post our uh, podcasts on the mutinyradio.fm website, mutinyradio.fm forward slash podcasts. Go down to Labor and Love. This is the show, by the way, in case you don't know, where we tell you how it is. If one person got a dollar they didn't work for, also known as an investment, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get, also known as wage theft. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is, you're probably on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're having a good October 3rd so far. And thanks for joining us. Uh, let's listen to some news now. Well, let's start out with a big one. This is a big one. This is Bain versus CTA. Now, this was a case brought by a teacher named April Bain in Southern California. 
she and three other teachers alleged that they were compelled to relinquish First Amendment rights because they couldn't vote in union matters without paying dues. So they basically they wanted to be union members without paying dues. They wanted all the advantages of union membership, such as legal representation, on-site support, uh, medical, sick leave, all kinds of things that are in the contract that collective bargaining has gained. They wanted all those things, including being able to vote in union elections without paying union dues. This is another example of the right-wing attack on education, specifically on teachers' unions. Last year, a ridiculous verdict was handed down that tended to blame the lack of, of success in public schools, not to poverty of the students, not to the conditions of their lives, not to the great, great inequities in school funding. No, nothing like that. They blamed it on teacher seniority. And their suit, they won their suit. I don't know who heard it, but somebody, somebody perhaps who's challenged. Okay. Here's Labor Radio. Workers Independent News, we can review. I'm Doug Cunningham. United Auto Workers President Dennis Williams says the union is resuming talks with Fiat Chrysler in the wake of the strong rejection of the new tentative labor contract by UAW workers. Williams says he respects the vote of the members and that they have the real power over contracts in the UAW. He says he doesn't see it as a setback, just the results of a process that he respects. The major issue in the rejection vote was the two-tier wage system. Workers want to get rid of it and pay all auto workers the same wage for the same jobs. East St. Louis teachers went on strike Thursday, union spokesman Dave Comerford tells Workers Independent News the main issue is a big change in the pay structure that will hurt teachers for their entire careers. The main sticking point is the district is making a demand that would basically be the equivalent of what we're calling a career pay cut for teachers. They basically want to double the number of years it takes to move through their salary schedule. The criminal trial of former mining mogul Don Blankenship started this week. 29 miners were killed at his upper big branch mine in 2010. Blankenship is charged with violating safety rules, covering them up, and lying to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. He faces 30 years in prison if convicted. The AFL-CIO Wednesday launched a series of race commissions meetings between executive council members and local labor movements. From Cleveland, Ohio AFL-CIO Civil, Human, and Women's Rights Director Carmen Berkeley explained what these race commissions are all about. We'll be having 14 of our AFL-CIO executive council members going around to different cities and having conversations with local labor movement to identify how can we strengthen our work through a lens of working with communities of color and how are we going to stop dog whistling and how are we going to stop allowing for race to 
to divide the labor movement. Nursing home workers pressing their fight for 15 held a press conference outside Chicago's Villa of Evergreen Nursing Home on Tuesday. Latoya Thurmond, a nursing home worker, got active with union organizing a year ago. This is a definitely fight for our lives because we can't, of course, continue making these low wages. So it's almost pretty much a fight for our lives because we care about patients and this is what we love doing. We just should be paid a, a fair wage for it. SEIU says nursing home workers make an average of just $17,500 a year. Issues in this strike are just much like many other labor disputes is the erosion of jobs, good working class, good paying working class, middle class family jobs. IBEW 98 union steward Ken Agatone talking about the Philadelphia area NBC 10 strike. Two union members were struck by cars on the picket line and in another NBC 10 parking area since that strike started. Agatone says for the 65 striking NBC 10 IBEW workers, this strike isn't really about money. It's about job security and keeping the union contract jurisdiction over these jobs. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Look at the tears roll down the street Saddest song I know Here's to the people the in uh, France Victims of hatred and terrorism I'm Isn't it fair to say that uh, baby Looking for my baby and I wonder, the chickens have come home to roost. What goes around comes around. That doesn't make it any better for you. I saw my baby one morning. Lost so many loved ones. He was walking down the street. How long are we going to be divided by nationality, by creed, by color, by ethnicity, by language? He was walking all down the street. When are we going to get together to throw out these people who call themselves our masters? Made me feel so Suck the life out of us day by day. Till my poor heart would skip a beat. Now listen.
some reason this uh, next song come round by my side the appropriate sing you a song. victims of hatred I'll sing it so softly it'll do no one wrong on Birmingham Sunday the blood ran like wine and the choir kept singing a freedom That cold autumn morning, no, I saw the sun, and Daddy May Collins, her number was one. In an old Baptist church, there was no need to run, and the choir kept singing of freedom. Clouds, they were dark, and the autumn wind blew, and Denise McNair brought the number to two. The falcon of death was a creature they knew, and the choir kept singing of freedom. church it was crowded and no one could see that Cynthia Wellesley's dark number was three her prayers and her feelings would shame you and me and the choir kept singing of freedom Young Carol Robertson entered the door And the number her killers had given was four She asked for a blessing but asked for no more And the choir kept singing of freedom of the ground and people all over the earth turned around for no one recalled a more cowardly sound and the choir kept singing of freedom Sing you a song. I'll sing. 
Joan Baez, of course, with uh, her song for the four little girls who were bombed in Birmingham in a church. It's not... It's one thing I suppose to agree or feel be on the side of those who are struggling for justice and those who are fighting against uh, the continuance of the European-American colonialism project. But to agree with the tactics of blowing up people, of one can see what they're talking about, but We're in a war, and in that war, sometimes the people, people on each side, forget about that there are people on the other side, so they treat them as objects. Um, in this case, they blew them up. Get to Radio Labor, our World Labor Report from radiolabor.net, and that's labor with a U. Radio Labor brings us a world perspective. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, November 13th, 2015. I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, the international labor movement tells G20 leaders to stop austerity and tackle climate change or resign. Thousands of low-wage workers in the U.S. demonstrate in 270 cities. African unions meet to improve democracy and governance on the continent. Women in the U.K. are now working for free until the end of the year. And the Labor Start Report on union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. The international labor movement is telling the leaders of the G20 group of countries to end their austerity programs, create jobs, and tackle climate change seriously. The G20 leaders are scheduled to meet in Turkey November 15th and 16th. I talked to Sharon Burrow about Labour's demands. Ms. Burrow is the General Secretary of the International Trade Union Confederation. The ITUC is the organization which represents national union centers at the world level. I asked her what the ITUC wants from the G20 leaders. Austerity has actually killed demand and has taken us to the brink of yet another recession. The global slump in wages has created an environment where people don't have the capacity to engage in economic activity that would sustain and grow our economies and jobs. So we want to see the labour income share absolutely taken on board in the leaders' communique such that we will see 
increases in social protection. We will see increases in minimum wages, so that they're minimum living wages. And we'll see respect and engagement in collective bargaining to ensure distribution of wealth. Beyond that, of course, we need to see the demand uh, for infrastructure investment and jobs actually carried through. We want to see infrastructure investment in the enabling uh, uh, infrastructure for the green economy, but also in the care economy, where our people uh, need the support, particularly women, if we're to enable their participation with childcare, with aged care, with health and education. And beyond that, we know that if climate's not on the agenda, then these G20 leaders aren't serious and they don't deserve to be elected. In Africa, unions are at the forefront of the struggle for democracy. They are often the only organized opposition to dictatorial governments and corrupt leaders. Recently, union leaders from 26 African countries met in Rwanda to discuss how to improve democracy and governance on the continent. One of the main speakers at the conference, held October 28th to 30th, 2015, was the General Secretary of ITUC Africa, Kwasi Adu Amankwa. ITUC Africa is the regional organization of the International Trade Union Confederation, which represents 56 national trade union federations from 45 countries, representing a total of 15 million workers. I asked Mr. Aduamankwa to describe the activities of the Rwanda conference. The conference was actually on democracy and governance. So we had a number of sub-themes. The first was citizens' participation in democracy and governance, in which we looked at the deficits relating to citizen participation in democracy and governance on the continent. The questions of space for the expression of civil liberties, freedom of expression, freedom of association, and the need for more space for this. Uh, the need to work to Im improve the participation of women in structures of decision-making, and also the whole question of elections and how to make elections free and fair and uh, actually reflect people's will. That was one of the main areas of discussion and conclusion. Then there was also a considerable discussion on the question of peace and security in Africa. The whole question of incidents of civil and sectarian conflicts and then terrorism and other forms of violent crime which are on the increase. Thousands of low-wage workers in the United States continued their three-year one-day strikes and demonstrations by rallying on Tuesday, November 10th for a $15 minimum wage and the right to form unions. The federally stipulated minimum wage in the U.S. is currently $7.25. Not enough, say the protesters, for single people to live on, never mind workers supporting families. That's why thousands of fast food and other workers demonstrated in at least 270 cities across the U.S. Here are some of the workers and their supporters who participated in the rallies. I mean, you can't you can't provide off 825. You know what I mean for for your family. You know what I mean. You you can't put food on the table. And you you shouldn't have to rely on uh, public assistance when you work for a billion dollar corporation. This is more than about fifteen dollars. We can't organize 
in this way without really fighting for a union because at right. the end of the day, you can get as much money as you want on your job, but if you don't have dignity and respect, the money don't really mean nothing. If you are a woman working in the United Kingdom, this is the week when you start working unpaid for the remainder of 2015. Radio Labor senior correspondent Seamarie Ainsborough explains. For the rest of the year, most women in the United Kingdom will be, in effect, working for free. The start of the non-paid period in the United Kingdom is Monday, November 9th, equal pay day. Because most women in the country earn less than men, the remainder of the year can be considered unpaid time. A survey by the British Trades Union Congress, the TUC, shows that women working full-time are paid on average about 14% less an hour than men working full-time. Frances O'Grady, the General Secretary of the TUC, told the media that what's needed is a fair labour market that works for everyone and doesn't discriminate against women. She urged all women concerned about their pay to join a union. Unionized women usually earn about the same as unionized men. To help women not currently in a union, the TUC wants the government to force companies to publish information about the difference between average male and female earnings. Action plans based on this information should then be implemented. If companies do not carry through with their action plans, says Ms. O'Grady, they should be fined. This is Seamarie Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labour. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the more than 2,000 stories our volunteers posted in the last week. Our top stories section included links to news about the global campaign to protect a woman trade unionist in Libya from assassination, the Greek general strike against austerity, and confirmation that the Trans-Pacific Partnership Trade Agreement will be bad for workers all around the Pacific Rim. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Brazilian oil workers continued their strike against the sell-off of state assets. Nigerian university workers suspended their three-week-long strike for pay arrears in order to give the government time to find the money to pay them. Flash strikes by German flight attendants were grounding tens of thousands of passengers without warning. Italian grocery store workers escalated their wage dispute last Saturday with a one-day walkout. University workers in South Africa were joined by students in protesting job losses and outsourcing. Retail workers in New Zealand route protesting their hours of work. Workers at the South African National Assembly blocked access over bonus payments. Swiss civil servants struck to protest government austerity policies. 1,600 Cambodian garment workers were sacked for exercising their right to strike. And in Libya, teachers walked to back their demand that they be paid the wages owed to them. Our top working women's stories included coverage of the struggles of Mexican domestic workers, the political influence of the new women-only tea plantation workers' union in southern India, and a successful gender discrimination court action by Chinese postal workers. Our health and safety newswire carried stories about the risks faced by journalists in Libya, workplace stress in Australian classrooms, and a continent-wide mental health awareness campaign by European unions. Currently, Labour Start is running five online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unions around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. And that's it. 
international labor news you can use. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Okay, and um, here's our win labor report. Just to clarify, earlier in the broadcast, I, um, you heard my voice say that it was October 3rd. The reason that happened was because I had put an old show on while I got this uh, new show ready to play. So we did hear the win labor report, but we heard the one from early October. This is the one we're listening to now. Workers Independent News Week in Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. We got your back. Come on out. We got your back. Come on out. We got your back. Low wage workers coast to coast walked off their jobs and rallied in hundreds of cities Tuesday, the largest fight for 15 action to date. At a Madison, Wisconsin McDonald's, police and store security kept protesters away from the building, but a few workers walked out to strike anyway. Just before they came out, a Pizza Hut worker, introduced only as Kayla, shared her experience as a pregnant low wage worker unable even to qualify for the Family Medical Leave Act. It's just really sad and depressing for me because I live in a one-bedroom apartment, and I can't afford to take care of my electric bills, my car payments, and also have a little little one on the way. And we need 15 in a union. That's what we need. And that's what I'm here for, is to fight to make sure that we get 15 in a union. Today, we're standing up. We're making noise. We're taking action. We're not being afraid anymore. When we stand up and we say everything we have to say to all the people we have to speak to, we will see a change because we want it and we're going to get it. Chicago Fight for 15 McDonald's manager Mary Hood. Mary is in solidarity with child care providers, low-income parents, and their supporters who are urging passage of SB 570 in Illinois. It would reverse the governor's enrollment freeze in a child care program. Fight for 15 Chicago says says the freeze is hurting thousands of low-income Chicago families who already face barriers to affordable and accessible child care. Connecticut nursing home workers have won a $15 an hour minimum wage. Nursing home workers say the tentative agreement covers 2,600 workers at nursing homes owned by iCare and Genesis. Back in April, nursing home workers in Connecticut voted to strike for the $15 wage. Jennifer Schneider of SEIU 1199 says this victory demonstrates the power of worker solidarity and struggle. You know, the old saying, right, that uh, without struggle there can be no progress. So um, it was a, a struggle and workers hung tough. They hung together, which was, I think, the most important part. They were really demanding that they were worth at least $15 an hour. 85 FedEx drivers in Gardena, California, carried out a one-day unfair labor practices strike as efforts to organize at FedEx accelerate. Council 42 Teamsters organizer Randy Corgan says the Teamsters are in for the long haul in the FedEx organizing effort, and strikes like the one in Gardena will inspire other FedEx workers to join the union effort. Just from this action, hundreds of employees from all over the country have reached out in various ways asking what can they do to join in, how can they support the efforts here, as well as them starting to engage in discussions that maybe they do something like this on a larger scale. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Okay, news from all over the world, news from all over the nation. 
I did want to talk about a strike that's going on in the East. Uh, U.S. steelworkers at a company called ATI. A lockout of 2,200 steelworkers by Allegheny Technologies, ATI, at 12 mills in six states has entered its sixth week. ATI locked out workers on August 14th after rebuffing offers by the United Steelworkers Union to hand over tens of millions of dollars in concession and after the USW ordered its members to continue to work past the June 30th contract deadline. So the union had agreed to keep the workers working without a contract or nothing, or lock them out. And that's what ATI did, lock out of steel workers. It's unclear whether the scab workforce has succeeded in producing new steel or if apparent activity within the mill is just for show. Either way, the company, which has not changed its demand since the lockout began, is clearly making preparations to fully operate its facilities with replacement labor, even if that has not yet succeeded. Okay, this is going to be a long, bitter strike. Uh, show ATI, show, show the U.S. Steelworkers Union your support. Go to the USW website and write a letter of support or call somebody or let them know. Having been in uh, picket lines myself several times, the thing that really, really keeps your spirit up is when you see that you're reaching the greater community. <clears throat> Otherwise, your action is kind of shunted off to the side, right? And no one is uh, paying any attention to it. Let's keep our eye on that. U.S. Steelworkers ATI. 1051. Um, today is uh, an anniversary, albeit a sad one. The death of uh, Joe Hill. Joe Hill was... Uh, murdered on this day by the state and uh, we just had Joan Baez let's let's stick with Joan Baez here this is from her performance at Woodstock the big Woodstock so-called Woodstock Folk Festival which ended up to be like a four or five day creation of a city and a massive, massive, massive crowd in the mountains of New York. While everybody else was singing about love and sex and nobody here but us flower children and Joan Baez came out and sang this. Sing one more song and we'll have an intermission. 
going to follow that up with a song that Joe Hill wrote. <clears throat> Joe Hill, the great poet and songwriter of the labor movement. A long-haired preacher's come out every night. I try to tell you what's wrong and what's right. But when asked about something to eat, they will answer in voices so sweet. You will eat by and by in that glorious land in the sky way up high work and pray live on hay you get by in the sky when you die that's the lie the starvation army they play and they shout and they clap and they pray when they got all your coins on the drum they will tell you when you're on the bomb Way up high, work and pray, 
out. And they roll and they jump and they shout. I give your money to Jesus, they say. And you lead on that glorious day. You will lead, you will lead by and by. In that glorious land in the sky. Where I work and pray, I live on hay. You get by in the sky when you die. That's right. Working folks of all countries unite. Side by side, we for freedom will fight. Uh, when this world and its wealth we have gained, back to the grafters will sing this refrain. You and he, you lead by and by. Uh, when you learn how to cook and how to fry, uh, chop some wood, do you good. That was Utah Phillips singing a song uh, written by Joe Hill who the anniversary this week was uh, executed in the state of Colorado. Let's see if I can look that up. Anyway, Joe Hill, the man known as Joe Hill was born in Sweden. <clears throat> His name was Joel Emanuel Hogland. He came to the U.S. in 1910 and worked at migrant labor jobs all over the country. Joe joined the IWW, Industrial Workers of the World and wrote several famous songs and poems about unions and working people, including the one that you just heard Utah sing, The Preacher and the Slave. Another important one was Rebel Girl, written and dedicated to Elizabeth Gurley Flynn, another IWW leader. In 1915, Joe was accused of killing a store owner in Colorado. Most people thought Joe was innocent and that he had been framed by mine owners, but he was executed anyway. One of the most famous of all labor songs, I Dreamed I Saw Joe Hill, that's the one that Joan Baez just sang for us, is still alive as you and me, wherever workers struggle for their rights. So, Joe Hill. Listen up to a little Miles Davis here. So yeah, here we go. This is the how uh, Joe Hill was murdered by the state. 
on November 19, 1915, the state of Utah executed IWW organizer Joe Hill for a murder he almost certainly did not commit. But he was a wobbly and indispensable to society, dispensable to society, especially in Utah, a starkly conservative Western state outraged by the sheer existence of these radicals. In 1914, a grocer named John Morrison was shot and killed in a Salt Lake robbery. Pardon me, I said Colorado. The same night, Joe Hill went to the hospital with a gunshot wound. He refused to explain anything about why he was shot. Figuring he could easily dispose of both cases, the police, they could easily, the police pinned Morrison's death on Hill and charged him with murder. It now seems that Hill was shot by a rival for a woman named Hilda Erickson, who was a member of the family that rented Hill a room. Erickson confirmed her relationship with both men in a recently discovered letter. Out of honor, he refused to reveal anything about his injuries, even at the point of death. So this reminds one, of course, of the uh, song Long Black Veil, where a guy goes to the grave for a gr uh, crime he didn't commit in order to save a woman's honor, the honor of the wife of his best friend. Is this a similar situation? Might be. The young lady may be sneaked out with Joe and... Yeah, well, well shit, they, they were shot in an altercation and didn't want to uh, say what had happened to him. Maybe to save her honor. <laughs> Maybe not. This is Labor and Love. We're at the 11 o'clock hour, and we had sort of a rocky start today, but now we're back on track. We've talked so far about various labor actions around the world and here in the U.S. focusing on the United Steelworkers strike. It covers six different states and uh, involves about 2,200 uh, men who have been locked, uh, workers who have been locked out of their jobs. We talked about the horrific happenings in Paris, France. It's a question of tactics, isn't it? For so long, you know, so much hatred, whether... And, and given, you know, as a young Muslim man, and you look at the last 10 or 15 years at the treatment of Muslims here in the United States and around the world. The subversion of movements, overthrowing heads of state, the current mess in Syria as a result of the United States and European powers meddling in the internal affairs of Syria. Okay, we didn't like Assad, okay. Look what we have now. 
We didn't like Saddam Hussein, so we took him out. Look what we have now. Same with Afghanistan, where we're still fighting in a war. And, as Malcolm X remarked on the death of JFK, what got him in trouble, actually, with Elijah Muhammad, head of the Nation of Islam, was his remark that the chickens had come home to roost, that the United States and the Kennedy administration had spread violence all over the world, had subverted national movements that seemed to be communism, and gotten on the side of the worst, the worst dictators. If we look around today, we see the U.S. backing Saudi Arabia. President Roosevelt signed an agreement with the Saudi family, Ibn Zaud, not the state of Saudi Arabia, to always protect them because, well, you know the three-letter word, O-I-L. So, although we mourn with the people who lost relatives, who lost innocent, quote-unquote, people in this horrific attack, we have to look ahead to different relationships between the cultures and between the people who identify as Muslim and the people who identify as something else. <clears throat> right now, meddling of Western states and the doctrine of austerity has people moving from the south to the north into Europe, into the U.S. because of market conditions. Hello? Workers, tend, workers without work tend to go where the work is. Okay. Um, labor commentary. Okay, labor culture, labor history. Let's see what it would be like if everybody was working together. Here's the Internacional.
This is the uh, China Broadcast Choir. And this is the alternative to what happened in Paris. Okay, that was uh, the Chinese Broadcast Choir. And that is our alternative to what's happening, happened yesterday in France and what's happening around the world. Divided workers. 
Aren't the workers happy? Aren't the, the masters happy when what happens in war? What happens in war is that workers kill each other off. Workers kill each other. It's very rarely that one of the upper elite bosses, one of the corporate heads, one of the power brokers gets killed. It's workers who kill one another. Looked around for a French version of this peace song. The only one I could find is uh, Vicate, Marlena Dietrich. Here we go. Where are the flowers? Qui peut dire où vont les fleurs Du temps qui passe Qui peut dire où sont les fleurs Du temps passé Quand va la saison jolie Les jeunes filles les ont cueillies Quand saurons-nous un jour Quand saurons-nous Qui peut dire où vont les filles Du temps qui passe Qui peut dire où sont les filles Du temps passé Quand va le temps des chansons Se sont donnés aux garçons Quand saurons-nous un jour Quand saurons-nous un jour Mais où vont tous les garçons Du temps qui passe Mais où sont tous les garçons Du temps passé Lorsque le tambour roula Se sont faits petits soldats Quand saurons-nous un jour Quand saurons-nous un jour Mais où vont tous les soldats Du temps qui passe Mais où sont tous les soldats Du temps passé Sont tombés dans les combats Et couchés dessous leur croix Quand saurons-nous un jour Quand saurons-nous un jour Il est fait de temps de croix Le temps qui passe Il est fait de temps de croix Le temps passé Pauvre tombe de l'oubli Les fleurs les ont envahies Quand saurons-nous un jour Quand saurons-nous un jour Quand saurons-nous un jour Quand saurons-nous un jour, 
And that was none other than Marlena Dietrich. Sort of a tribute to people who lost their lives and their loved ones all around them. As always, this show is dedicated to the 150 American workers who will lose their lives today because of working conditions or work-related conditions like black lung. Worldwide, that number is 3,500. So every week, a small town, a small city dies because of working conditions or work-related conditions. This is Labor and Love, and we're reminding you now that uh, we're coming at you from 2781 21st Street, a.k.a. Mutiny Radio. Mutiny Radio, where it's happening. Cutting edge. Comedy, music, video, radio. It's all happening here. Come on in. got every month there's a an installation of artwork and very nice ones up right now mutiny radio 2781 21st street we can always use your input we can always use your financial help to keep upgrading our equipment and keep bringing you free radio Free voice radio. Probably wouldn't hear a program program like this one or some of the other programs on Mutiny Radio anywhere else. This is where it's happening. Mentioning uh, the University of Missouri, and here briefly is is what happened. Uh, there was a ser- there was a series of incidents on campus. Maybe it's like business as usual, where the majority white population, eighty percent of the students are white. There are a lot of incidents of uh, harassment of black students, nigger calling, uh, swastika written in feces, just kind of business as usual, and and a coalition of students demanded of the president that he do something about it. The president did next to nothing. And he kind of made it seem like it was the black students who were at fault because they didn't believe they had a chance to succeed. It's their fault because they didn't believe that. A big contingent of the student protests was the football team. The football team refused to play a game last Saturday if the president didn't resign. Well, okay, do the math. The president's getting paid half a million. The school stood to lose a million if they didn't play. And the amazing thing about this is that 
typically scholarship students. You know, the jocks are separate, kind of separated off from the, the greater student body. In this case, they weren't. They made common cause. And the football players did go on strike, and the president did quit, followed soon by the chancellor. The coach stood by his players. He said he didn't want anything to divide his players. And the play, he was behind the students. Now he's quit too, saying that he has lymphoma. So the amazing, the amazing thing here is that no one or very few people take this for what it is, which is a labor dispute. The student body is 7% black, yet 58 of the school's 84 scholarship football players are African-American. This is from Dave Zirin's column, Edge of Sports. There's no football team without black labor. That means there aren't million-dollar coaching salaries without black labor. There isn't a nucleus of campus social life without black labor. There isn't the weekly economic boon to Columbia, Missouri, where the university is located, bringing in millions of revenue to hotels, restaurants, and other assorted businesses without, you guessed it, black labor. The power brokers of Columbia need these games to be played, yet if the young black men and those willing to stand with them, and there are white teammates publicly standing with them, aren't happy to take the grind of unpaid labor on a campus openly hostile to black students, they can take it all down just by putting down their helmets, hanging up their spikes, and folding their arms. The actions of these players is best understood as a rumble of a sleeping giant. Recently, Northwestern college football players demanded union recognition and the players at Grambling struck against their unsafe working conditions. So, keep your eye on that. University of Missouri, all over the country now, college athletes are standing up, especially in the football program where they earn millions of dollars for the university and are basically unpaid. Um, it's always thrown at them that they get a scholarship, they get a free education. But if you keep raising the price of the education, you're not necessarily raising the, the wages of the working, working football players sort of like uh, this, the NCAA and its dominance of college sports is coming unglued because it's based on specious um, authoritarian model. The extraction of labor and the sequestration of the wealth that they provide.
All right, I want to talk a little about a movie, that, a movie that's out I haven't seen, but I'm going to see. It's called Suffragette, and it's about the campaigns in the early part of the 20th century of women in England and the United States and all around the world to get suffrage, in other words, to be able to vote. And this focuses on the Pankhursts, Emmeline Pankhurst, the steely-eyed, indomitable leader of the movement in England, and her two daughters, Isabel Pankhurst, every bit as militant and uh, cunning and uh, dedicated as her mother, and Sylvia Pankhurst, who later turned to socialism, and about Annie Kenny. Annie Kenny was a young woman who was totally dedicated to the movement for suffrage and who took her dedication to an extreme when she rushed out onto the track at a horse race. Horse races were places where the, aristoc the aristocracy gathered where the rich people went. The gallery, you know, they had the, the public area, I guess, for the middle class people. But Annie Kenny went and got a, got a place in the middle of the course, in the, what's called the infield. And when the king's horse came past, Annie Kenny jumped out so that the horse ran her down. And she later died. Her great act of courage, similar, say, to a uh, monk in Vietnam burning himself to bring attention to the suffering, to the oppression, to the, the condition of the world and of the place at the time. So Annie Kenny, suffragettes. And um, speaking of women, here's Chris Williamson. Yes. 
can feel you and sing out a song of the soul and Community action, justice going down like water, clean water safe for all. Justice going down like water, clean water safe for all. Justice going down like water, clean water safe for all. Justice going down like water, clean water safe for all. County gave new industry water, will they waste pollutant move away? They won't pay to bring lines to us, drinking arsenic. In our wells each day, justice flowing down like water, clean water safe for all. Justice flowing down like water, clean water safe for all. Justice flowing down like water, clean water safe for all. Justice flowing down like water, clean water safe for all. Industry uses water up a river, trickle left when it comes through town. So much careless building and cut. 
letting healthy rivers greater clog than ground. Justice flowing down like water, clean water safe for all. Justice flowing down like water, clean water safe for all. Justice flowing down like water, clean water safe for all. Justice flowing down like water, clean water safe for all. Little girl, don't read so well. There's a lot that she'll never see. Some say it's the mercury in the fish of mama. Power plants poisoning you and me. Justice flowing down like water. Clean water safe for all. Justice flowing down like water. Clean water safe for all. Justice flowing down like water. Clean water safe for all. Justice flowing down like water. Clean water safe for all. Justice flowing down like water. Clean water safe for all. Justice flowing down like water. Clean water safe for all. Justice flowing down like water. Clean water safe for all. Justice flowing down like water. Clean water safe for all. 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 Representation, we want voting representation, we want voting representation, we want voting representation, we want voting representation, 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 We heard, right then, we heard from, that was Sweet Honey and the Rock, We Want the Vote, apropos of that movie, Suffragettes. Um, For that, we had Justice Like Water from Fruit of Labor, which is a 
a labor civil rights collective in uh, North Carolina focusing on the lives of black workers. And before that, we had Chris Williamson, a pivotal figure in the formation of Olivia Records. During a radio interview in D.C. in 1973, Williamson suggested that a record label aimed at gay women would be a good one. The next day, the label Olivia Records was formed, and Chris Williamson put out her, her debut album, The Changer and the Changed, which became one of the best-selling independent releases of all time. One critic said, The Changer and the Change was to women's music what Michael Jackson's thriller was to the music industry in general in the mid-80s, an album that sold far beyond the perceived size of the market. More than 100,000 copies in its first year of release. Eventually, it reportedly sold more than 500,000 copies. Chris Williamson, Song of the Soul, from the album The Changer and the Changed. Okay, this is the B, and this is Labor and Love. And uh, we're getting ready to sign off here. Got about 10 more minutes. And I want to play a beautiful prose piece by Jack Kerouac about working in autumn in October in San Francisco. It's called... October in the Railroad Earth with Steve Allen in the background playing uh, piano. There was a little alley in San Francisco, back of the Southern Pacific Station at 3rd and Townsend, in red brick of drowsy, lazy afternoons with everybody at work and offices. In the air, you feel the impending rush of their commuter frenzy as soon they'll be charging en masse for market and sansom buildings on foot and in buses and all well-dressed through working man Frisco of walk-up truck drivers. And even the poor grime be marked third street of lost bums, even Negroes so hopeless and long left east and meanings of responsibility and try. that now all they do is stand there spitting in the broken glass, sometimes 50 in one afternoon against one wall at third and Howard. It is all these Milbray and San Carlos neat-necktied producers and commuters of America and steel civilization rushing by with San Francisco chronicles and green call bulletins, not even enough time to be disdainful. They've got to catch 130, 132, 134, 136, all the way up to 146 till the time of evening supper in homes of the railroad earth when high in the sky the magic stars ride above the following hotshot freight trains. It's all in California. It's all a sea. I swim out of it in afternoons of sun-hot meditation in my jeans with head on handkerchief on Brakeman's lantern or, if not working, on book. I look up at blue sky of perfect lost purity and feel the warp of wood of old America beneath me. 
and I have insane conversations with Negroes in second story windows above, and everything is pouring in. The switching moves of boxcars in that little alley, which is so much like the alleys of Lowell, and I hear far off in the sense of coming night that engine calling our mountains. But it was that beautiful cut of clouds I could always see above the little SP alley, puffs floating by from Oakland, or the gate of Marin to the north, or San Jose south. The clarity of Cal to break your heart. It was the fantastic drowse and drum hum of lum mum afternoon, nothing to do. Old Frisco with end of land sadness. The people, the alley full of trucks and cars of businesses nearabouts. Nobody knew or far from cared who I was all my life, 3,500 miles from birth all opened up and at last belonged to me in great America. Now it's night in Third Street. The keen little neons and also yellow bulb lights of impossible to believe flops. The dark ruined shadows moving back of torn yellow shades like a degenerate China with no money. The cats in Annie's alley. The flop comes on, moans, rolls. The street is loaded with darkness. Blue sky above with stars hanging high over old hotel roofs and blowers of hotels mooning out dusts of interior. The grime inside the word in mouths is falling out tooth by tooth. The reading rooms tick-tock big clock with creek chair and slant boards and old faces looking up over rimless spectacles bought in some West Virginia or Florida or Liverpool, England pawn shop long before I was born. And across rains, they've come to the end of the land sadness, end of the world gladness. All your San Francisco will have to fall eventually and burn again. But I'm walking, and one night, a bum fell into the hole of the construction job where they're tearing a sewer by day. The husky Pacific and electric youths in torn jeans who work there, often I think of going up to some of them, like, say, blonde ones with wild hair and torn shirts, and they say, you ought to apply for the railroad. It's much easier work. You don't stand around the street all day and you get much more pay. But this bum fell in the hole. You saw his foot stick out. British MG, also driven by some eccentric, once backed into that hole. And as I came home from a long Saturday afternoon local to Hollister out of San Jose, miles away across virtuous fields of prune and juice joy, here's this British MG backed and legs up, wheels up into a pit and bums and cops standing right outside the coffee shop was the way they fenced it, but he never had the nerve to do it due to the fact that he had no money and nowhere to go and no, his father was dead, no, his mother was dead, no, his sister was dead, no, his whereabout was dead, was dead. But and then at that time also, I used to lay in my room on long Saturday afternoons listening to Jumpin' George with my fifth tokay, no tea, and just under the sheets laughed to hear the crazy music. Mama, he treats your daughter mean. Mama, Papa, don't you come in here, I'll kill you, etc getting high by myself in room glooms, and all wondrous knowing about the Negro, the essential American, out there, always finding his solace, his meaning in the Fellaheen street, and not an abstract morality. And even when he has a church, you see the pastor out front bowing to the ladies on the make. You hear his great vibrant voice on the Sunday afternoon sidewalk full of sexual vibratos, saying, why, yes, ma'am, but the gospel do say that man was born of woman's womb. 
<laughs> no, and so, by that time, I come crawling out of my warm sack and hit the street. When I see the railroad ain't gonna call me till 5 a.m. Sunday morning, probably, for a local out of Bay Shore. In fact, always for a local out of Bay Shore. And I go to the whale bar of all the wild bars in the world, the one and only Third and Howard. And there I go in and drink with the madmen, and if I get drunk, I get. The girl who come up to me in there one night, I was there with Al Buckle, said to me, you wanna play with me tonight, Jim? And I didn't think I, <laughs> I didn't think I had enough money. And I told this to Charlie Lowe, and he laughed, said, how do you know she wanted money? Always take the chance that she might be out just for love, or just out for love, you know what I mean, don't be a sucker. She was a good-looking doll, and she said, how would you like to ooh your cool with me, mon? And I stood there like a jerk. In fact, bought drink, got drink drunk that night in the 299 Club. I was hit by the proprietor, the band breaking up the fight before I had a chance to decide to hit him back, which I didn't want to do anyway. And out on the street, I tried to rush back in, but they had locked the door and were looking at me through the forbidden glass in the door with faces like undersea. I should have played with her shoo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-
Tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's MutinyRadio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in, turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear. The news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon on Mutiny Radio. Hello, comrades. This is your comrade, Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program, Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m., broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, 
relax. Listen to my comrades in stand-up comedy march honorably through their cold balance sets. And other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turnip and beet and attention, you are a capitalist pig. And the KB KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m. Looking to invest in the future of your community? MuniRadio.fm and the Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse needs your help. Please donate to keep the Radio Clash Show Institute right now alive on the air every Thursday from 4.50 to 5.50 p.m. Donations are tax deductible. Donate online at www.muniradio.fm or just stop by the station at 21st Street and Florida. That's 2781 21st Street and throw some cash in the big glass jar. Stop by to experience live audience friendly shows every day of the week and know that you're supporting the future of the mission by keeping free speech alive for all ages. This PSA is brought to you by your friends and community partners at muniradio.fm. Hi, I'm Chuck Weiss. If you're an old baby boomer like me, pain is probably something you've learned to live with by now. Yes, there are drugs on the market that help, but they come with side effects and shouldn't be used for extended periods of time. But fortunately, there is an effective natural pain reliever available in this state, medical cannabis. Let me tell you about Alta California Botanicals. They're a manufacturer of fine cannabis tinctures. Now you can take your medication in liquid form, much more discreet than pulling out a pipe and lighting up. Alta California Botanicals offers five different formulations, each one addressing a specific medical concern. There are two that are designed for pain, one to be swallowed, of course, and a new one for external use only. I'm going to have to try that one myself on my arthritic fingers. There's a tincture for stress and one for anxiety. They'll certainly keep you mellow. And there's even one for people who suffer from MS. The cannabis tinctures from Alta California Botanicals come in one half ounce bottles. Each batch is laboratory tested and certified free of pesticides and mold. In other words, completely natural and unadulterated. Alta California Botanicals doesn't sell directly to the public, of course, but if you visit their website at Alta, A-L-T-A, CaliforniaBotanicals.com and enter your zip code, they'll give you a list of dispensaries near you that keep their tinctures in stock. Now here's a tip for the holiday season. Keep a couple of extra bottles of the stress formula handy. It'll help maintain your cool amongst all that shopping madness. I'm Chuck Weiss for AltaCaliforniaBotanicals.com. Do you have a great idea for a product or service but don't know where to start? Hey, people. Welcome to Flat Black Plastic on MutinyRadio.fm. Today we're going to be listening to some Eric Dolphy. So strap in and tune up. <laughs> 